Hello, and welcome to the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich, and I would like to welcome you back to episode 10. We are now in double-digit episodes. This is an important milestone for us because this puts us at about a one-fifth of the way through the year, which is remarkable. Thanks for being here with me through the first 10 episodes. We have grown together. My voice hopefully sounds like the same voice with a few less ums and uhs and repetitive statements. I'm still using the same tiny little microphone that I have been using from the beginning. We're using the same equipment that we used, and I think the microphone is carrying my voice. It may not be as top of the line, but I wanted to start with this cute little microphone because I was. it was more important for me to just start than to have it be perfect. And I'm sure that when I listen to back to episode 10 in a year or more, I will hear things in this episode that I probably will sort of cringe, maybe, maybe because of the growth that I will have made by that point. But the interesting thing that has happened to me during this process, and you always hear, just start, you know, just starting is, is better than waiting until you're perfect to start, because the reality is you can never be perfect before you start something. If you're perfect when you start, then which is which is just simply never the case, then you're not allowing yourself the natural and necessary room to grow. And I have grown, I am continuing to grow, and I am really, really grateful that you are allowing me to grow with you and that you are taking this podcast right where it is. And I want to thank you for all the love that you that you share with me. I get so much really positive feedback, and I can't tell you how much that means. And I think I tell you every week, probably. (laughs) At least I try to express to you every week how much it means. But I'm going to just keep telling you, because it, it continues to have a very, very positive impact on me. I get messages from so many of you throughout the week and from so many different places, and that just really warms my heart. And welcome to all of you new listeners. But we also have new countries again, new listeners and new countries, which just makes me so happy. Two new countries this week. What an interesting combination of countries they are. We have Iceland and Egypt to welcome. Now, could those be two more different and more wonderful places? I'm so thrilled to have you listeners from Iceland and Egypt, two places that I have yet to visit in the world, but am looking forward to visiting in the future. So welcome and welcome anyone who is newly listening from a country that we've already announced just because we've already announced your country, Canada or Thailand or the Philippines or Kuwait or Australia or or Great Britain, Denmark, Netherlands. Sometime I'm going to go down the whole list and read off all the names again, just so we don't leave anybody out. But anyway, anyone who has started listening from any any country, anywhere, you are so welcome. I'm recording this on the first day of spring. So happy first day of spring to you all. Even though it may not be spring everywhere in the world that's listening to this because some places are on opposite seasons. So this might be the first day of fall for you. So whatever it is, whether it's the first day of spring or the first day of fall for you, happy first day of the next season to all of us. I shared with you in the last episode that I was an uncle again and baby Silas. By the way, I completely misspelled his name. I don't know how I didn't know 
the spelling of his name, but it's a very simple spelling. I spelled it wrong when I talked about it in the last episode. It's S-I-L-A-S. Since our last episode, another one of my brothers, Matthew, had his third little baby, and it was a baby girl, and they named her Rosie. And I would really like to congratulate my brother and his wife, my sister-in-law, Deborah, on their brand new baby girl, Rosie. Welcome to our family, Rosie. I'm so, so looking forward to meeting you when I'm in California next. Something I do for every one of my little nieces and nephews when they're born is I buy a little piggy bank and I write on the bottom of it, you know, welcome to our family from Uncle Nathan or something like that. And I put a little bit of money inside and and that's my gift to all of my my little nieces and nephews. I don't know how many of the of the piggy banks are going to last very very long. I'm sure that being glass or ceramic, some of them are probably going to break. I should probably buy them in metal if I want them to last. But anyway, so I'll have to be hunting for some little Italian piggy banks while while I'm out and about next. Well, at least once the lockdown loosens. So as I shared with you in the last episode, Italy has officially been locked down for a week, most of Italy, in a red zone. And how has that been going? It has really changed my life much less than I expected it to change my life. I am continuing to go for my daily walks. Not much has changed in our daily routine. Still cook most of our meals at home. And the only thing that you're required to have when you're out and about, even though I haven't been stopped and asked for them yet, is just a paper stating sort of a self-declaration of what you're what you're up to, what your purpose of being out is. Yes, I filled one out. It's all written in Italian. And I carry a copy of my passport with me. And it just, it's not my favorite thing to have to do that. But it is what it is. And hopefully it'll be over soon. Before I started recording, I was I was just on my phone and I noticed that there are protests today. Interestingly enough, on the first day of spring, there are protests kind of breaking out all over mainly Europe, but also I noticed in New York, Staten Island in New York, London, Paris, Berlin, just different countries uh, have people out on the streets marching maskless. And they're just, you know, the police, obviously the police can't and the militaries can't arrest thousands of people at a time. And you know, when people take to the streets, it really is a sign that they've had enough. Seems like what's happening right now is people have lost hope. And when you lose hope, it's a bad thing. The governments have have said, you know, we're going to get, you know, it'll get this under, we'll get this under control and then everything can open back up again. Everything will be fine. Anyway, people are are just over it. It seems that people are just totally over it. So I think that what governments need to do is just say, listen, here's a date that by this date, if you've been vaccinated, you can go about your day and you're going to be totally fine. You don't need to wear a mask anymore. You're safe. It'll be interesting to see what happens with these riots and these protests. It'll be interesting to see. I did notice that there there like very few people over the age of 40 out protesting. It was definitely a group of younger healthy people. So that that was interesting. Hopefully they don't all get the virus and then take it back to their older relatives, but anyway, we shall see. Switching gears here. Now let's talk about something a little bit more interesting, a little bit more exciting than the pandemic. Have we all not heard enough about this blasted pandemic to last us a lifetime? I'm sure many of you have heard 
of these one euro homes that are being sold in Italy. And so I'm going to take a bit of time here and just share my knowledge about these one euro homes, having spoken to people here in Italy about them, having done pretty decent amount of research on them, and having people send me, people that knew I was moving to Italy, I have people sending me links to many different articles and videos about these one euro homes. So I'm going to share with you my thoughts on these one euro homes. And this is my personal perspective based on my research and conversations I've had. So to quickly step back, and I'm going to assume most of you have heard about these, but for those of you who haven't, just so we're all on the same page, let me just step back a little bit and explain what these are in the first place and why this is even a thing. So as I'm sure many of you probably know, Italy is an old population, meaning there are more older people than there are younger people, and people are not having babies in very high numbers in this country like they have in past generations. And so what's happening is is a term that's called the brain drain. In other words, young people who maybe go off to universities or get educated, they go where there's work. And in many of the hometowns, the smaller rural hometowns that are that are, you know, far from large city centers, there just simply aren't the opportunities for work in those places that there have been in years past. And maybe they don't want to be in farming. Maybe they went to school for technology or medicine, and there just simply isn't enough of a population in their hometown to support their dreams. So they end up moving to either greater city centers within the country of Italy, or they move to another country altogether. It might be another country in Europe. It might be another country somewhere else in the world. And there's even a sort of a migration from the south to the north of Italy. Italy is sort of divided economically into two different regions. There's the northern region and the southern region. The southern region has better weather, but much less in the way of manufacturing infrastructure and established large-scale corporate business in the south. There's there's certainly more agriculture in the south, like Sicily and Puglia, different places like that have more in the way of agriculture, but that's that's one of their main things. Different parts of southern Italy are certainly very touristy, and that's where they get a, a certain amount of their income. But anyway, there's so what it's what's causing is these cities where old people are left behind who are retired, and so they're not in the process, they're not in the chapters of their life where they're building businesses or starting things or you know renovating their homes. They're living out their days quietly, maybe in the same city that they grew up in. It's their children and grandchildren who are going away and having their babies elsewhere, or maybe not having babies at all, just focusing on their career. So what that's causing is that's causing certain cities in places, especially in southern Italy. When we're talking about southern Italy, we're talking about everything from Rome and below. So like the lower half of the boot. So there have been some very creative and ingenious mayors of these small towns who have devised clever ways of trying to attract people back to their towns because everyone's leaving their towns. And if just a 
a few people would come back to their towns, then these homes that are sort of going to ruin, that are just no one lives there, and so they end up going back to being owned by the town, and no one's paying the taxes on them, no one's maintaining them. So these houses that are maybe beautiful old homes, they're just crumbling. And so somewhere, I believe the first case of this, the first mayor of a city that got this idea was a mayor in Sicily, I believe. And this town and this particular mayor said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to get the media involved and we're going to have people come here and and we're going to have invite people to come here and we're going to make a big deal out of the fact that we're willing to sell homes in our town just to attract new people here. We're going to sell our homes, some of our homes here, the, the ones that are vacant and that nobody seems to want. We're going to sell them for one euro. And if you're willing to come here and buy a home, maybe as a vacation home or maybe just move here, maybe you can work remotely, we're going to sell you a house for a euro. And that that really got people buzzing. Why did it get people buzzing? Because many people dream about moving to Italy, whether you live in Europe, you know, you, this is sort of seen as a warmer, more pleasant place to live, maybe it's, maybe for your retirement years or just in general. So, you know, Italy is just a an attractive place for people to live. People from the United States and all over the world dream about moving here. So what this really did was this got some people who had always dreamed about moving to Italy, they started thinking, wow, maybe this could be more than just a dream. This could maybe be a reality. And so hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of inquiries poured in to these towns. And couple other towns jumped on the bandwagon and offered similar similar offers. Some towns even offered recently to pay people to start a business in their town. They'd be willing to start a business and ha- have operate that business for a certain period of time. They would get paid by the city a certain number of thousand, a couple thousand euros per month, I believe, in some cases. Now, it sounds almost too good to be true. And like most things that sound too good to be true, this might be one of those things. But then again, it might not be. But it all depends on who you are and what you want. So I'm going to let you make up your mind on whether this is a good thing or not. Here's what I can tell you are the pros and cons of these one-euro homes. Let's start first with the pros. Okay, so the most obvious thing would be that you're owning a piece of Italian real estate. I mean, that is just really incredible. And another pro would be that you're able to have a really wonderful adventure. I mean, here you are purchasing a home for one euro and you're having an adventure and you're living out a dream. I mean, how wonderful is that? And of course, the investment, the size of the investment that you're having to make is just, it basically means that anyone anywhere could afford one of these homes because who doesn't have the ability to come up with one euro? So those are the pros, right? Here are the cons. First of all, these homes that are marketed as being one euro, what that really means is the starting bid is one euro. These are auctions. These are not just come and give us one euro and the home is yours. No, you're bidding against many, many other thousands or even hundreds of thousands or maybe even maybe even more people who are all wanting these same houses. And in some cases in the town, there maybe are maybe like 20 or 30 homes total that they're doing this with. So if you've got 
20 or 30 homes, and maybe some of those homes are so dilapidated and ruined that they're just not even worth it because there's structural damage and all of that. And and so maybe there's only a handful, maybe like maybe maybe like six to eight homes that are really, really desirable. So you have a whole bunch of people fighting, bidding over all these eight homes that are the most desirable, right? So right there, you realize, okay, first thing we realize that nobody is actually buying a house for actually just one euro. But it goes beyond that because there are some catches. There are some rules that apply. One of the rules is you have to give a deposit of about 5,000 euros to the town, which they hold until you have renovated the project and you have three years to renovate the project. Then you'll get that $5,000 or whatever that amount of the deposit that they, that they required was, you'll get that money back. Okay. So you're getting your deposit back after three years. So let's say that you have purchased a home and here is what the home needs. Let's say in most of these cases, if we're talking about a home that has been abandoned, that no one lives in, it's very, very unlikely that you will have a kitchen that you can use. Partially because Many times when Italians, this is a very unique thing about Italian homes that I've learned as I've started hunting for property here. Italians take their kitchens with them when they move. Or many times if the house is just being sold, maybe someone passed away and it's being sold, sometimes they will sell the kitchen separately to someone who buys kitchens. And so that means the cabinets, the stove, every single part of the kitchen except for the pipes and the electrical wires are taken from the kitchen. There's nothing left. It's just it's just an empty shell of a room that has the hookups for water and electric. So first of all, you're going to have to renovate a whole kitchen and most likely a bathroom. And in many of these Italian homes, they only have one bathroom. And so let's say, let's say it's one of those houses and you want to add a bathroom. So there's, now you're doing a kitchen and two bathrooms. If you happen to be lucky enough to buy a home that already has two bathrooms, you're still renovating two bathrooms. The bedrooms, okay, let's say the bedrooms don't need much work, but let's say that the wiring in the house needs to be completely rewired because it's no longer up to standard. And oftentimes when you buy a home, it's your job to bring a home up to standard, whatever they happen to be, the current standards. And let's say there's a roof that needs to be put on this house. So now you have just spent... Let's say you spend 10,000, modest, modestly 10,000 on the kitchen. You could probably get uh, the equivalent of like an Ikea kitchen for 10,000. So let's say you put 10,000 out of the kitchen. Let's pay, say you put 10,000, I mean 5,000 into each bathroom. So another 10,000 in bathrooms. And let's say you spend 20 to 40,000 on a roof. So you might have just paid your $5,000 deposit for the house plus whatever other many thousands of dollars you paid to get the house. So let's say your initial investment was 5,000 euros, you know, 5,000 to pay the city, 5,000 to purchase the house, and 20,000 in kitchen and bathrooms, and let's say another 40,000 in the roof. So let me add that up. So you're somewhere in the range of 60 to 70,000 euros right there to buy and renovate this house. Now, is that a lot of money for a house in Italy? Not really. It's not a lot of money for a vacation home. I mean, where in the world can you even buy 
a place for 60 and 70,000 euros in Italy? Well, believe it or not, you can. There are move-in ready apartments. Maybe not the most up-to-date, but there are places in Italy where you can buy move-in ready apartments for 60, 70, 80,000 euros, and in some cases less, ready to move into. Now, not so much villas and homes. When you're talking about a villa, it's a lot harder to find a villa that's ready to move into for that price, but you still can. And the thing is, you might, in my opinion, you're better off choosing where you'd want to live and then finding a piece of property that you actually want, not one that just happens to be starting off an auction price of one euro, but a place that you'd actually like to live. Do you want to live near an ocean? Do you want to have somewhere with a view? Or do you want to be stuck in some tiny town that maybe doesn't have a train that goes to it that takes hours to get to anywhere major? Maybe it's nowhere near a major airport and it's just so remote that you, when people come to visit you, they may sort of like look around and be like, okay, this is interesting. What what are we going to do now? We can't go to the beach. We can't hop on a train. We don't speak the language. So we're just going to go to the couple of local restaurants that are left in this town and the market and hang out with you and your house that you've maybe finished renovating. (laughs) The other thing is sometimes these situations, another thing that can be a problem is in, in these situations, the people that get the contracts to deal with these foreigners. And these foreigners are coming in many times, they don't speak the language. So they have to trust all of these people. And if you have no connections in that city, no one that is like your guide, you have to trust that the people who are giving you these quotes are giving you fair quotes. So anyway, I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from their Italian dream. If anything, I'm really saying keep your Italian dream alive, move to Italy, shop for some properties online or come here and shop yourself. There are tons of properties available for sale in this country. Some of the prices on some of the properties right now that are for sale in Italy are just historically good prices. So what I recommend and what I'm currently doing, what we are currently doing, is we're looking for property where we want to live. So I think that's always the best way to shop for property. Figure out where you want to live and then hunt for property property is too expensive there, then figure out maybe a plan B or maybe just go widen your area and maybe just live a little further out from that zone that you love so much. So those are some of my thoughts on the one euro homes here in Italy. Well, that brings us to basically the end of our episode for the week. So as we've been in lockdown for the past week, I have not been able to go out and really do a lot of shoulder rubbing with Italians. And so I've had to be a little more creative about my surrounding sounds this week that I want to share with you. I will share the sound of the man who came to prune the two olive trees that are in the front of our villa here. And there's two really beautiful leafy olive trees. And I kind of liked the way they looked. I thought they looked pretty, pretty natural, but the owner of the house wanted them shaped and cut way, way back. And so when the man came to prune the trees, he really went to town and really pruned them out so that they're extraordinarily thinned out. And I was able to capture that uh, process on film in time lapse. So 
I'll share that video on the Instagram page with you. And so I captured the sound of him out pruning and the neighbors coming by and talking to him and what he was doing, joking that he should come prune their trees next. And uh, it's a really lovely little neighborhood that we're in here. And it's surprise, surprise. It's mostly older people, but they're just so nice. And it's clear that they all know each other and they they kind of sort of pop from house to house and talk to each other over the fence. And, and uh, they just seem like a really happy, lovely group of people. So that's one of my surrounding sounds. The other one, last night, walking up the hill, I heard the bells in the big, beautiful medieval church ringing. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if those are for the celebration of San Giuseppe, which is St. Joseph, who was the father of Jesus. Because yesterday was Italy's Father's Day. They celebrate Father's Day earlier than other places because that is the same day of the celebration of St. Joseph. So that's why they celebrate on that date. And I walked up the hill to the castle, and as as I was walking back down, I'm walking past the church again, and I noticed that the church door is open and there's light coming out, and there's a bunch of cars parked there. And I was thinking, is it possible that they are having a San Giuseppe mass, even though we're in a red zone lockdown? So of course I went to investigate. I walked over to the door and there was beautiful music coming from inside and all the lights were on and there was a whole bunch of people. So I sat through probably 25 minutes of the mass and I'm not Catholic, but I... It, it warmed my heart. One of the songs that they sang was actually a song that I used to sing in church growing up in California. And even though they were singing it in Italian, of course, I recognized the tune. And it just really warmed my heart to hear these Italian voices singing the Our Father prayer. And just the whole experience sort of was, I found it to be very moving and comforting. And I just wanted to share that with you. It's It's going to be a little longer than what I normally share. So I'm going to just tell you what I'm sharing. I'm sharing the saying of the Our Father prayer and the song that they were singing that I recognized. This is not me giving my rubber stamp or my blessing on the Catholic Church. I I feel that there are a long list of problems with the Catholic Church, but I'm not really talking about the Catholic Church here. I'm talking about human beings that were gathered together to celebrate Father's Day in Italy during a pandemic. And that's what felt really, really wonderful to be in this church with all these people who I don't don't know and don't speak the same language as. I still felt the energy and the connection and the, the joy that it brought us all to be together there. So I hope that you are able to experience some of that by listening. So enjoy, and I will come back afterwards to say goodbye.
you enjoyed those surrounding sounds from this week in Italy. And I hope that you are enjoying your first week of spring. Happy spring to those of you who are experiencing spring and happy change of season to those of you who are going into another season which is not spring. I would like to thank those of you who have left wonderful reviews and who have left five-star ratings on our show. Anyone who has messaged me on Instagram or liked our videos or our posts or has gone to our website to sign up, thank you to all of you. Thank you for being here and sharing this time again this week together. I hope you have a really, really wonderful and a really beautiful week. I hope that you stay safe and healthy, and I'm looking forward to being back here with you same time again next week. So take care. God bless. Ciao, ciao, ciao.